what is up everybody welcome to another episode of the punnet podcast i'm teach i'm chris and today we are going to be going over the nfc south we have a great interview with max chambers another fellow rex alum that i worked with uh he actually currently works for fanatics over there in carolina at the panther stadium for the carolina panthers and charlotte fc you'll be hearing that towards the end of the episode Housekeeping business first. Um, Chris, thank you for reminding me pre-show. Um, we are doing a giveaway right now on Twitter. It is really easy. We are do- giving away two hats. And all you have to do, go to our Twitter. It is at Punit Podcast, P-U-N-T-I-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It's our pinned tweet up there. All you have to do is follow us, retweet this tweet, like it, and then comment the word wedding since Chris and I are getting married about three weeks apart. And then that is a hat on Fanatics that we are just giving away there. And we want to just try and give back as people are going to be giving to us. I get to participate, right? No, we've gone over this. (laughs) But I want to participate. Chris, right now we only have one person participating, and that is Kayla. That means I'm guaranteed a hat, bro. No. Because I'm going to go in there and make sure I get it. <laughs> um, anyway, so like I said, we are covering the NFC South. Um, Chris, does this have the potential to take over the NFC East as the Trash Master division, in your opinion? No, the NFC East will always be the Trash Master division. Uh, not because necessarily of how good or bad their teams are, but because of the fan bases. Okay. In my opinion. Um, I, I do want to <laughs> say, I still think that is our most popular episode. Probably. Um, when I'm, let me just look at it here real quick. Episode rankings. Yeah, it is still our very first episode, February 23rd, 2021, um, which I feel like that was edited because we have, I have NFC East 2020. No, oh, no, yeah, that's right. Um, we have as the Trash Master Division 28 plays on that episode. I'm really proud of ourselves on that one. Hell yeah. Um, and then, believe it or not, our next highest one is at 26. That was done. Earlier this year, on January 19th, 2023. Nice. Um, but let's dive right into, let's start talking about the Bucks and their draft. Um, starting with the first round, 19th overall, Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Um, fun fact, they have taken, and three times since 2018, the Bucks have taken a defensive tackle with their, you know, with their first pick in a draft. Dang. Uh, Logan Hall at 33 in 2022, and Vita Vea at 12 in 2018. They like so, them D tackles, don't they? I mean, I think if I remember correctly, they run a 4-3, so it does make sense, um, especially because I remember they lost Nakeem Hicks. No, it says on here it says they run a 3-4, a but maybe they'll move him out to the edge because um, I view him more as a, a defensive end more than a defensive tackle. Um, at least in my personal opinion, um, just because, you know, he's 6'1", 281, and I feel like he can move really quickly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, at least that's just my personal opinion. Um, any thoughts on Kalijah Kansi? I, I did, I, no, I didn't even know the guy, I ain't gonna lie. Okay, um... <laughs> I'll give you some of the stats here. He had 14 and a half sacks and 27 and a half tackles for loss in two years at Pitt. He also posted a four six seven forty um, as a defensive lineman. That's not bad at all. Um, for reference, uh, Eric Dalton ran a four six eight in 2014. Dang. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's quick. He, he's got that good twitch muscles. He's pretty powerful too. Um, again, I saw him a little bit at you know, watching pit games because pit plays Miami and he was a, he was a menace. Um, and he can kind of play all over the line. I feel. Well, that's good. I mean, you're going to want somebody who's just going to be a, a menace like that. So, um, second round bucks took Cody mock, uh, offensive tackle out of North Dakota state university. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know much about him because I didn't watch a whole lot of North Dakota state university tape. Yeah, me neither. Um, I think he starts off as a backup and then eventually works his way in as a starter, but we'll see. 
Um, third round, they took someone with an absolutely amazing name, Yaya Diaby, uh, defensive end at Louisville. Um, 6'3", 263. Um, he, he can, he's a good run stopper, in my opinion. Um, he can't really get you know, to the uh, quarterback as much. He only had one and a half sacks in 2021, and then I believe he missed last year. So he only had four in two seasons. So, you know, not the not the highest sack production, but uh, he ran a 4.5, 140, and he's 6'3", 263, so you can, you can do some stuff with him there. Oh, yeah. So... Um, but admittedly, I didn't watch a whole lot of tape um, on him either. Uh, another one that they took was round five. They took Servokia Dennis, linebacker out of Pittsburgh. Um, hey, you know, it's depth at that point. Yeah. Yeah, he had, uh, as a true sophomore, racked up 55 tackles, 14 for a loss, four sacks. Uh 2021, he doubled that input with 82 tackles and 10 tackles for loss. Yes, I mean, it sounds like he can really kind of wrap people up and make sure that they are going to go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Fifth round, they took uh, Payne Durham, tight end out of Purdue. Again, that's just kind of depth, I feel. Um, Who knows with what's going to happen there, you know? Yeah, I mean, you just... At that point in the draft, you're hoping to find a diamond in the rough, but you never yeah. really know. Yeah, you're taking flyers. Uh, they took a flyer on Josh Hayes, a corner out of Kansas State. Um, again, I didn't watch much Kansas State production. Same with uh, Nebraska when they took uh, Trey Palmer, wide receiver, which this pick uh, was in the sixth round. It was traded from Green Bay, L.A., Houston, and Philadelphia. So it was a, it was a rotating pick. Dang. Yeah. And then in the sixth round of their final pick, they took Jose Ramirez out of Eastern Michigan. So his big thing was he uh, he registered 12 sacks last season. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a, a good little uh, pickup there. Uh, offseason-wise, I mean, they signed Rodrigo Blankenship, um, you know, signed David Moore. Yeah, they, they signed a lot of debt people. Kendrick Whitehead was a good pickup for them. They exercised Tristan Worst's fifth-year option. Um, they also signed Chase McClomb, another kicker, you know, to kind of add competition in there. Resigning Levante David was a good pick. They released uh, Leonard Fournette and Cameron Brait, um, and they signed Chase Edmonds to a deal. Um, overall, kind of looking at their depth chart going into this season, they got Baker Mayfield. He's someone they uh, got... He's going to be the QB1. Kyle Trask is right behind him. Um, they're running back. I, I think they're going to go running back by committee. They got uh, Rashad White and Chase Edmonds as their 1-2. Um, they still got a pretty formidable wide receiver core of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, and then their their offensive line has been good for a bit. And then that defense has been also pretty solid as well. Um, what are your thoughts on the Bucks going into the season? I'm not expecting a whole lot. Yeah, I'm really not expecting a whole lot either. Um, honestly, I saw that Mike Evans said somewhere that they're going to be even better post Tom Brady, and I just saw that and kind of chuckled. I didn't. I don't think so. Um, I mean, you got Baker Mayfield at quarterback for one, and. For two, I don't really feel like they did a whole lot to make that team better. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I mean, I'm still a Baker guy. I like Baker, but I I think now we can kind of agree that he's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And it's a shame because like, I love Baker. I think he's a great quarterback. I love his attitude. I love his style. But, I mean, with this roster, I could maybe, maybe argue – into winning this division, but that's not really saying much. Yeah, I mean, this division can be really bad, or one team can be really good. That's how I kind of see it. Yeah, Um, I I agree. And I think it's 
potentially going to lean towards the really bad. Maybe the division winner doesn't even reach d- double-digit wins. Yeah, I... Man, like like I said, when I when when we started this, I'm leaning more towards this might be the new Trash Master division based on talent there. Like I, I think we should make the Trash Master division a rotating award for people. <laughs> um, you know, but that's just me. But I, I also understand your sentiment of having it where it is just um, you know, whoever is just happens to be there. <laughs> you know, with the NFC East and talking shit with them. I suppose we can be a rotating award every off season. Well, I mean, it, you know, <laughs> it, it is your personal opinion there, so. Yeah, but mine doesn't matter on this show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I, mm. <laughs> I'm just gonna, just not gonna yeah. touch that one. <laughs> uh, overall, what what grade would you give their um, draft, and then what grade would you give their free agency? Man, I I don't know, draft maybe a maybe a D plus. Uh I mean really their probably only good good pick is their first round pick, and then from there on out it's like you don't really know what you got. So uh and then free agency, I don't know. Maybe a C minus, but they really didn't do a whole lot. They didn't splash. So, and as a whole, it's probably D plus to C minor range. I mean, I just, I don't feel like they did a whole lot to make their team better this off season. Um, and I don't know after what I've seen out of Baker Mayfield, I don't know that you can trust him to lead your team, but I'm not in the NFL for a reason. So, um, <laughs> I think I give both their draft and their free agency C minus. I wish I would have seen more swings. Um, I, I know I'm not high on Will Levis, but I felt like he this is a place that he could have gone to and at least sit a year behind Baker. I know they just took Kyle Trask, um, but I'm surprised they didn't take a flyer on him. Um, and then I felt like they could have done more with their defensive prospects at that point, um, at least in my personal opinion. Um, you know, I don't know how you feel about their first. I mean, you know, we kind of talked about it, but um, I just I feel like there's more talent there that they could have had with their first round pick. You know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. There is a lot more at nineteen than a defensive tackle that I never really heard of. So, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at it, like Deontay Banks could have been a great corner to get them. That he went at twenty four. Mozzie Smith, I felt like, could have been a better pick. Um, you know, he was at 26. You know, if you're looking for defense, Miles Murphy at 29. Uh, Brian Breeze, who we'll talk about later, he went at 29 to a division rival. And then Nolan Smith was out of Georgia, you know, or even uh, Felix Anuke Uzama. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of talent there for them. My guess is they probably had somebody higher on their list that they were wanting, like maybe a Jack Campbell or Christian Gonzalez went, um, you know, maybe they were looking at Lucas Van Ness. But if they were, haha, we got them. <laughs> Suckers. Uh, and, and that's just my personal guess. But we'll never know. We weren't in the room when it happened. So, yeah. But one day, Chris, I swear I'm going to be in that room. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Um, on to a team whose stadium I've actually been to. I uh, didn't see a game there, but I went into their stadium, the New Orleans Saints. Um, we'll start with their first round draft pick. Uh, they took Brian Breeze, who we had just mentioned, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Um, Again, to me, he projects more as an edge. He's 6'5", though, 305, so I could see why you want to stick him at defensive. But to me, he's just fast. Um, But he had 64 tackles and 9 sacks um, and 915 snaps um, in 26 games over his career. So maybe maybe he didn't get, like, the production sack-wise people were looking for, 
And maybe he didn't get the tackles people were looking for, but he, you know, out of those 64 sacks, 15 of them were for loss. So to me, yeah. that's that's good production there. Yeah, that's not terrible. You know, he played in the COVID shortened 2020 season. He only played four games in 2021. I'm not entirely sure why, but then he played 10 games in 2022. Hmm. So, you know, it uh, looks like he missed uh, all 2021 with a knee injury. Ooh. But he did also have a pick, apparently. Nice. So, you know, good for him. Um, looking at their second round pick, they took Isaiah Foskey. Uh, he is a defensive end at a Notre Dame. He was one of the defensive captains, which is a big deal for Notre Dame. Um, he's 6'5", 260. So you can tell they're wanting to get big on that uh, defensive line out there in NOLA. And, you know, he led last year, he led the Irish with uh, 12 and a half sacks. Um, so, sorry, 12 and a half tackles for loss and 52 total stops and 13 starts, and he was 10th in the FBS with 11 sacks. And then he also led the nation with six forced fumbles. So this is a guy, like, you read those numbers, and you're like, why didn't he go in the first round? You know? Yeah. Uh, he was picked at number 40, so, you know, it's not like there, you know, there's eight picks difference between him and a first rounder. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of... A lot of potential there with him. I really like the Foskey pick. Yeah, I think... I mean, you can never go wrong with a big guy on the edge. I mean, especially something somebody of his size. It's just going to be... He can be very useful if he can understand and grasp the um, the NFL side of things. Yeah. Um, third round, they took Kendra Miller running back out of TCU... I remember watching this guy during the uh, playoffs, and he was electrifying to watch. Um, he's 5'11", 215. Um, he led the team with 1,399 rushing yards and eighth nationally with 17 rushing touchdowns. Um, he did miss the national title game with an injury. Do I think that changes the way that game goes? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he is a electrifying player, and... You know, especially when you're not sure how long you're gonna have Alvin Kamara, or you know if he's gonna get any discipline for the off-field stuff that's happened in the past little bit. Um, taking a swing on a guy like Miller is a big, big deal. Yeah, I think. I mean, personally, there probably should be some re- repercussions from Alvin Kamara and what he did off off the field. But yeah, I mean, he that TCU running back. I mean. It, Kendra Miller, I think his name was. He's, I don't think he's going to be that bad of a player. And given the opportunity, I think he can be a good one based off what I saw. Um, it's just kind of, you never know. I mean, Jones, Aaron Jones, he was a fifth round pick. You didn't know what you were getting out of him. And now he's a starter for sure. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, and especially with running backs being treated, unfortunately, the way they are. Um, you know, it's always good to have that type of depth. Exactly. So, um, looking at round four, they took Nick Saldaveri, offensive lineman out of Old Dominion. 6'6", 316. I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of his tape, so I don't know how good he is. Yeah, I, I didn't watch any of it either. But, I mean, a guy that size, you're hoping, you know, he can move laterally. Maybe you can slot him at guard, potentially, and uh, go from there. Yeah. So, uh, next pick they took was Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. He's a quarterback. You know, you're just adding depth. Um, Maybe a little bit of a Derek Carr connection because Fresno State. But... Um, he's six foot two oh seven. Um, final season, he passed for two thousand eight hundred ninety six yards and twenty touchdowns, with only three interceptions. So it looks like he does a lot of good um, protection of the ball. Yeah, I mean that's that's always good 
protecting the football, but you just unless injuries happen, I'm not sure if he'll see the field. Yeah. Um, also, they took in the fifth round Jordan Howden safety out of Minnesota. It's a death pick. I again not someone I saw a lot of, um, but I mean, if you're taking someone in the fifth round, sure he could absolutely be something. And I, you know, I didn't watch any of his tape really, so I can't sit here and tell you if he's good or if he's bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't really watch a whole lot of these late round guys. See anything about them? Just. At that point, you're going for depth at any position you can, whatever you need it the most. Yeah. Um, again, more depth in the sixth round. They took A.T. Perry, wide receiver, out of Wake Forest. Uh, conflicting things, I've seen he's either 6'3 or 195, or I've seen he's 6'5, 205. Either way, he's a big boy. Big boys are important. Um, he also has 12 100-yard receiving games and is the only player in program history to have two double-digit touchdown seasons. Dang. But it's also Wake Forest, so... That is fair. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you anyone who's ever come out of Wake Forest. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I can't either. <laughs> Looking at their offseason, I mean, obviously we have to talk about uh, Derek Carr, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> What what are your thoughts on the Saints getting Derek Carr? And I guess I mean I guess overall that will overlap in your opinions of what is Derek Carr as a quarterback to you? Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, can he be a quarterback to lead you to a Super Bowl? Probably not. Uh, can he lead you to the playoffs? Yes, I think he can. And I. He hadn't really shown it in recent years, but he did have that good year in 16 before he broke his leg or something that he broke. Um, that derailed their season, which I thought they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl that year um, until that happened. But Derek Carr, he's a good game manager. Um, he's not hes not going to get you a whole lot of mistakes in a game. I mean, he might give you a few, but they're typically not anything that you can't overcome so i don't i don't know i mean it's just going to be how well can he learn this new system and how effective is he going to be yeah i mean i like Derek carr um i think he's i, I know it's gonna sound really weird to me especially now he reminds me a lot of a ryan Tannehill because game manager not gonna win your game not gonna lose you a game uh, I thought he got more flack out in Vegas slash Oakland that he probably should have gotten. Um, but I still feel like getting a four-year 150 contract is a little bit of an overpay, especially for um, a team that, if I remember correctly, is up against the cap already. Dang. Um, which, because I remember those, uh, last year, so they have um, total cap space, they're actually negative in the cap right now. That's no bueno. But, you know, obviously, like, you know, stuff's coming up where you can do cuts, you can do all that and everything. I think if, if I'm reading this correctly, um, said, well, this is estimated cap space all um, according to Sport Track. Only the Bears are under the cap right now. Ooh. But, like, that's that's counting everyone signed onto the roster so they're looking at 90 people and you go down to you know 53. yeah 53 yeah, yeah. i got you that so makes sense. you know um just kind of let me just click on their profile here and see where they actually end up projecting them to totally be um right now cameron jordan is their biggest cap hit at 15 million which is honestly surprising um that's not bad no not bad at all um, it looks like their estimated cap space is going to be around $14 million. I don't know who they plan on cutting to clear up that much. You know, maybe a Michael Thomas. Um, but I mean, man, I'm surprised he's still even on that team. Well, I thought last year they couldn't cut him because of his, um, you know, his dead cap of what it would be. Um, but, like, you know, obviously they come this year's $36 million and then $21 million. 
um, and then it rolls over into 2025. But, I mean, he's signed till 27, which is not the best look for them, you know? Which I don't think I'm reading that right either, but... Oh, no, sorry, it's all signing bonuses that have been voided. That's where I'm not reading it right. Oh, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, so they, they could cut him. Uh, he's only got one year left because he, he uh, restructured his stuff, so... Um, you know, they, they were really up against the cap last year, I remember being, because I remember just going, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. And, hey, they have somehow worked it out. So. But they have a lot of uh, dead cap this year um, on the books. They have $24 million so far in dead cap already. Apers. Yeah. Um, the biggest one being... Um, David Onyemata at at just a hair over ten million, and then Marcus Davenport, who I will always remember being part of that trade uh, with the Packers, um, you know the Saints trade with, uh, cost them seven point six million to just not be on their uh, roster. That's awesome! So, what a uh, what a great use of your money. Um, and he, now he's actually playing for the Vikings, which I didn't know about. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that either, to be honest with you. Um, but just kind of looking at their their team overall, looking at their depth chart coming up. Obviously, Derek Carr is the is the guy over there. You got Alvin Kamara, depending on what happens with him. Um, and then behind him, you have Jamal Williams. Um, Jameis Winston's their backup QB. Can't forget about Taysom Hill. Uh, Chris Olave, I'm expecting another big year out of. Um, and then you got Michael Thomas. And, you know, they, they've always had a good offensive line, but their tight ends kind of leave me wanting more. Jawan Johnson's your number one right now. And then the defense is obviously led by uh, Marshawn Lattimore, in my opinion, and Tyron Matthew coming down there. But Cameron Jordan is probably your best rusher there, and he's getting up there in age. Yeah, he is their best rusher there. And honestly, I think... Uh... Olave, I think he's going to have an even better season. I think Derek Carr is better than Jameis Winston. You mean 30 so, for 30 Jameis? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. 30 for 30 <laughs> Jameis. Um, I guess overall, like I, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts or feelings towards the Saints. Um, you know, I kind of give... A, you know, I, I think I give their draft a, a C again. And then their free agency at B because you've got um, Tyrone Matthew and Derek Carr. So you you upgraded at quarterback and you definitely upgraded at safety. Yeah, I I agree with their draft. It's it's fine. Yeah, it wasn't really wasn't really anything to write home about and their free agents, yeah, you got Derek Carr and then Tyron Matthew, which don't get me wrong, key pieces on both sides of the ball, but is it enough to really turn the tide? Maybe just enough in that division, but within the NFC itself, no, probably not. Yeah, um, I mean, anything can happen in this division. Yeah. So, like I said, it's going to be an interesting division to watch, but I think if they go with my idea of the formulation of how they should do the playoffs and only take the top teams, I don't think anyone in this division is making it. Yeah, I, no. Uh, first round exits forever makes playoffs to be honest with you i mean it's just yeah. not that great of a team or a division to be honest with you um i guess before we dunk any more on them let's move on to the final team that we'll be covering before we bring max in in the atlanta falcons um kind of a shocker pick i know a lot of people were surprised that they took Bijan robinson at eighth overall which is unheard of right now i feel like for running backs um, but Bijan is a highly talented running back out of Texas. Uh, what were your thoughts on this pick? I think it's a great pick. Um, I think their running game is going to be really, really good. Um, and, it, and it's only going to help their receivers. 
uh, get open more just because of the threat of the running backs. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think Bijan is going to be a great running back. Yeah, um, I, I think he'll be really good. I'm more concerned about like their quarterback play, which I don't want to cut too much into, but we can talk about with Desmond Ritter. I mean, I'll be honest, I still don't think Ritter's the day one starter. I think it's going to be Taylor Heineke. Really? I do. I really do. And that's nothing against, you know, Desmond Ritter. I just think they're going to be like, look, we're going to want to ease Ritter in again for another year. I think they're going to put Heineke out there. Uh, I could, I could see it. I could. But, you know, as much as we both love Bijan, do you think taking Bijan at eight overall was the right move for the Falcons who are lacking in a lot of talent everywhere else? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell. What What do you think the right move is, though, really? I mean, I feel like they could have taken, um, oh, my goodness, the, the Eagles took him. We just covered him. They took him at nine. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm, I'm oh, that D tackle. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, out of Georgia. Jalen Carter. I know, Jalen yep, Carter. that guy. Um, you know, I feel like that could have been a – that's probably the pick I would have gone there, but that's only because, you know, let me just go ahead and look at their defensive tackle depth here. Um, David Oninata, who is, like we just talked about the Saints, is your number one guy there. And then you got Clays Campbell on the edge and Grady Jarrett on the edge as well. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I could. You could have kept the Georgia guy in Georgia. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, um, I think a running back like Bijan is hard to pass up. I think he's going to be a good one for them. I really do. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying like it's a bad pick. Like I think getting Bijan's good. I'm just saying with especially with how the league is viewing running backs nowadays. I mean, like you look at Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott are still on the market right now. And, yeah. You know, it is getting Bijan for. You know, admittedly, they're probably taking him because they expect to run him. If he only gives you five good years, are you looking back at this pick in five years saying, yeah, he was worth the eighth overall pick? Uh, <laughs> five good years out of a running back? I'll take it. Honestly. Well, I mean, like, would you rather have five good years as a running back or would you rather have nine good years of a defensive tackle? Because that's usually about the average thing going, you know? I mean, it depends. Who does, in your opinion, does the defensive tackle get hurt more than the running back, or does the running back get hurt more than the defensive tackle? Because there are going to be injuries. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I'm not even worried about Jalen Carter being injured. I'm more worried about him and his off-the-field stuff, and that may have been why they passed on him. Yeah, I think you exactly know? that may be the reason. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not trying to be like, oh, they made a bad pick at eight. I'm just saying... You know, when you look at it, when it comes to like a draft capital and, you know, with the way things are going and maybe they're going to try and rewrite the script. Maybe they're going to be a lot more of a run heavy team with good passing options. Um, Lord knows they need Kyle Pitts to catch some touchdowns here and there. Um, but again, because I'm trying to look in his career. You know, how many touchdowns does he actually have? <laughs> Kyle Pitts? Um, yes. Two. Two. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's two. Group? I'm it's pretty two. sure it's two. Oh. Got one was... in 2021, because remember, that was the one out in London, and then he finally caught one last year in um, in the States. Oof. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'm sure they're looking back at that going, oof. Like, again, I look back at that and go, man, I because I thought this guy was going to be a weapon. And it might just be how Atlanta's deploying him. I really think it is. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts is a very good tight end. Um, but, you know, now it's who are they going to trust to do more? Are they going to have Desmond Ritter throwing the ball? Or are they just going to have him handing off to Bijan Robinson? I, I was, that's where I'm more confused on the Falcons overall draft philosophy is what is your plan here? Yeah. You know, I, I know their coach came from the Tennessee Titans. So maybe they're looking to do copy a Tennessee Titans offense where we're going to run the ball here and then we're going to play actions and that's going to free up everybody. And if so, 
that's great. But to me, it's a question of can Desmond Ritter do that for you? I think given enough time, I think he can. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so as well. I just think they don't, they shouldn't give up on him. No, I don't think so either. Um, second round, they took Matthew Bergeron, offensive tackle out of Syracuse. Uh, he's probably going to be a guard, in my opinion. Well, that goes to show you there, too. They're taking picks to help with that offensive line. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, I think he's... I, th- I think he's going to be probably their starting day guard, in my opinion. Just kind of looking at their depth chart, I can't see anybody who's going to take over it. Um, but, hey, getting a starting offensive lineman in the second round is a great pick. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And uh, that's what that's what you look for in the second round is starters, best you can. You know, kind of looking into the third round, they took Zach Harrison, defensive end out of Ohio State. I loved this pick for them, especially in the third round. The dude's six six. He started twenty seven games for Ohio State. I think that's a great thing. He, you know, he's not a go getter on the sack department. He's definitely a run stopper and a good pass coverage guy. But um you know I I when I look at his tape, I actually was really impressed with it. I know the overlying stats weren't there, but I think he can be a really good pickup. Yeah. I mean I, again you're just there you're looking really for just some solid long term players out of those picks and I think that that guy he's going to be a good player. Yeah. Uh just going to take probably a little bit of development for him. Um in the fourth round they took Clark Phillips a third corner out of Utah. Um it it addressed some depth which I know they were needing cuz they were pretty injured last year. Um they're going to have an interesting depth at corner now. Um just kind of looking at it here. You know, they've got Jeff Okuda as well. They've got A.J. Terrell. They've got D. Alford, Darren Hall, Mike Hughes. That's a pretty deep corner room. And then on the safety, they got Jesse Bates III, which, I, you know, we'll talk more about here in a bit, but great pickup there. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, I think they're not wanting to be down at the bottom of this division very long. And, you know, adding depth at corner is essential, especially no matter what division you're in. Yeah, I mean, cornerbacks, they're the, they're the positions that I feel are almost the second most valuable position on the football field behind the quarterback. I mean, if you don't have good cornerbacks, you're just going to get roasted and toasted all day long. Yeah, uh, that's something their general manager, Terry uh, Fontenot, was quoted on saying, is that you can never have enough talented defensive backs and uh, he tried taking a big swing on talent in the seventh round with uh, DeMarco Hellams, too, safety out of Alabama. Hey, you know what? Keep getting that talent and swing for the ceiling, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they also took a guard slash center out of South Carolina by Javon Gwynn uh, with their final pick of the draft. Um, you know, we kind of mentioned it with their, um, you know, talking about the draft, but Obviously, their big splash in free agency was Jesse Bates the third. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, and Calais Campbell, you could argue. I'm, I'm a, I'm a okay Cincinnati fan. I mean, I, I cheer for them when the Packers are doing terrible or, uh, they're just. Who do they have taken over playing. Cincinnati? Like even like the University of Cincinnati, you've taken over. Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all over Cincinnati. <laughs> you to become a Reds fan too? No, probably not. <laughs> But I think that I think that Jesse Bates is a huge loss for Cincinnati, but a major gain for that secondary for Atlanta. I mean, it, it he is just a really good player. Yeah, I I agree. I think Jesse Bates has so much talent that it is ridiculous. Um, and the fact that you know he went to Atlanta shows that he might believe in what they're uh, bringing up down there. Yeah, because I'm sure he probably could have gotten similar and or better deals um, 
than what he got in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like that secondary is going to surprise a lot of people this year. It's just a matter of if that offense can keep pace with all the other teams in the league and especially all the other teams in their division. You know, I uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm thinking about taking them and fantasy football for like a defense. Well, you're not getting them now. Well, um, <laughs> so, you know, how I was just talking about how I can't think of anyone that's ever come for Wake Forest. Uh, Yeah. You know who came from Wake Forest? Was it Jesse Bates? It was Jesse Bates. <laughs> um, but he did sign a four-year, $64 million contract. So, um, you know, safeties get treated a lot like running backs, but I think safeties have more value when it comes to some, you know situations like that. Yes. Um, but, you know, getting a guy like Bates really changed that. You know he's going to step in and be an instant leader on your defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to make impacts day one. Yeah. Um, I guess overall, what do you think of their draft and their uh, free agency? I think their free agency was an A. Um, I mean, you got... We we talked about him. Jesse Bates. I mean, you just can't go wrong with having a stud safety like that. And so trading for Jeff Okuda was a big deal, too. If he can stay healthy and play good ball. I mean, that was his problem in uh, in Detroit. He just couldn't stay healthy. So, yeah, I, I agree there. I think now the big thing is that he's not going to be asked to be the number one guy out there. Because um, A.J. Terrell is the number one guy out there. So I think he's going to get more favorable matchups. Um, you know, I know that doesn't account into the health factor of it, but hey, maybe, maybe it will. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll we'll just have to see how his play holds up this season. Um, and then their draft, I think it was. I want to go with a B. Um, I think Bijan, you're going to hit on him, and then uh, Bergeron, that offensive tackle out of Syracuse. Um, I think he's going to be a good, solid player for you. Um, and overall, I think just B plus, B plus to A. I mean, it was a pretty good off season for the Falcons. I think. Yeah, honestly, I give the I, I give both an A, A town down. You know, um, and I, I I really loved what they did overall. Like I know I sounded really harsh in critique of the Bijan Robinson pick. It's just the way the trend is going. Like, um, my mind's on hockey right now. My team just made a trade that has been going on for like three weeks now. That it's been rumored, so I almost screamed whenever I read that. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, talking about like, you know, I do hockey stuff on the side. Taking a running back that early is like taking a goalie. They're voodoo. You don't know what they're going to do. If it hits, it's great. If it busts, it sets back your team a few years. Yes, you know, and. I, I don't think Bichon's going to miss. I just hope they don't misutilize him. Um, because how I feel about Bichon is the same way I feel about Kyle Pitts, and I don't want them to misutilize it. Yeah, I I do agree. Um, I think he's going to be solid, though. I, I really do. But, again, I mean, there's no telling. He could be the next... Derrick Henry, who runs for 2,000 yards, or if he can just be injury-prone, and it is a waste of an eighth overall pick. Yeah. Um, real quick, just because looking at our schedule going forward, I don't think we're going to have time to hit some of the teams like that we were thinking about hitting for preseason. So I want to go back and look at some... Uh, you know, some predictions, I guess, going before we go into the preseason here. Um, on who we think will win. Um, since we've only covered a few, you know, it won't take too long here. Um, starting with the NFC South, I know we haven't gotten into our um, our draft coverage yet for the Panthers. I know that's coming up, but I guess overall, who do you think is going to win this division coming into next year? Man, honestly, I think anybody can win it. Um, but... 
I think I'm going to go Panthers, 10 and 7. Falcons right behind them at 9 and 8. And Bucks maybe at 8 and 9. And the Saints at 7 and 9 or 8 and 9. See, I've got I got Panthers winning it with the Saints right behind them, the Falcons, and then the Bucks. For me. Um, I think the Panthers, and, and you'll hear that in just a little bit, really improved significantly over this year. Um, and then I think the Saints really improved and the Falcons really improved. I think the only one that didn't overly improve was the Bucks. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I And agree. there wasn't enough separation in these teams because – it went eight and nine, and then seven ten, seven ten, seven ten. Yeah, you know they, they didn't impress me enough to separate that. Yeah, so. I I agree. Um, the Bucks, man, it's just what do you do? I mean, they they didn't do anything. I feel like they just picked up a mediocre quarterback. I, I know it, sounds and then terrible. some key pl- or some other players. I know it sounds terrible, and Buck fans aren't going to want to hear it. It's time to blow it up. You trade Mike Evans. You trade Chris Godwin. You trade anyone that has any value and accumulates so much draft capital and rebuild for the future. I, I know that's the easy, quick answer, and Buck fans, you know, but you were 8-9 with Tom Brady last year and a really good team. You can't tell me Baker Mayfield is going to come out and do better than Tom Brady did last year. Right. You didn't yeah. add enough to impress me, you know, to say that this team is going to be better than eight and nine was last year. Yeah, and I you just... won your division, so you're going to have a harder schedule this year. Yeah, you know, um, like let me just take a look at their schedule coming up, and let's just kind of see see who they've got. You know, um, you know, obviously you got to face. You know, your division rivals twice, but like here's their full list of teams. They start off going to Minnesota. And then they're home against the Bears, but I don't even think that's an easy win. No, it really isn't. The Eagles come in in week three. Then you go to New Orleans, who New Orleans has, if I remember correctly, statistically beaten the Bucs more than the Bucs have beaten the Saints. Yeah, New Orleans defense has the Bucs offense. I mean, then you got the Lions coming to Tampa Bay. That's not an easy win. I mean, realistically, that's zero and five right there. You know, um, then you got the Falcons. You know, that might be your win. Might be. You know, I'll give the Saints a maybe, and I'll even give the Bears a maybe. And then you got the Bills. You go to Buffalo. Yeah, you, you ain't winning win that, that game. <laughs> the Texans, you'll, you'll probably beat. But that's even that's not a guaranteed win, and that's sad. When I'm sitting here saying it's not guaranteed that you're going to beat the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, you know, then you face the Titans again. That's not a guarantee. Derrick Henry might just kill you guys. The Niners, you ain't beating the Niners. The Colts, you might be the Colts, but that's in Indy, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, you never know how Anthony Richardson's going to do. And you got the Panthers. You know. Then you got the Falcons again. Here's your only easy win is the fucking Green Bay Pack. I'm kidding. <laughs> what? Wow. No, no, no. That, that, that's that's wow. a loss. It's in, it's in Lambeau. You are beating the Packers. I'm sorry. Baker, Baker Mayfield led Bucks are not le- beating the Packers in Lambeau. And then you La- face Jacksonville, New Orleans, Carolina to finish your year. I've not seen a whole lot of teams where I'm looking at this Bucks team and going, they're going to win. Yeah. You know, I agree. You have some hard teams here. You have the Jaguars. You have the Packers. You've got, you know, the 49ers. You've got the Titans. You've got the Bills. You've got the Lions. Like, you got the Eagles. You've got hard teams. I, I just don't see a reality where this team isn't at the bottom. And that might work for them because Caleb Williams might fall to their lap in the draft. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. Might fall right into them. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, NFC North. Who do you think wins the NFC North? Oh, my goodness. I got to go Packers. I, I have to. I think Packers win it going 
11 and 6. 11 and okay. 6. Um, I think Minnesota and Detroit tie for second at 10 and 7. And then the Bears are somewhere, I don't know, give me uh, oh, man, I don't know. What I don't even know what to think of the Bears. They went three and fourteen last year. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> give me give me f- six and eleven for the Bears this year. Okay. And, and honestly, that's good for how you think about the Bears. Um, yeah. Maybe I think second. they've improved, but I don't think they've improved enough to contend for the division win. To me, I still think this is Minnesota's division to lose. Uh, so I still got Minnesota finishing up top. I have the Lions making the wild card at two. Believe it or not here, Chris, and I, I know you may not believe me here, I think I've got Green Bay making a wild card too. A wild card? Do you think they're going to make a wild card at three? I mean, the Giants did it last year. That's fair. I mean, you know, I, I don't expect a big step up from the Seahawks. I, you know, I don't expect, uh, you know, anyone from the NFC South to claim wild card. And, you know, the Giants may not have as great as a year. You know, they went 9-7-1 and and made it. I predict both the Lions and the Packers go ten and seven. It's better than I thought you'd give us. <laughs> uh, so we basically just kind of flip flopped our top three. Yeah, um, and then the NFC East for me it goes Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. I, I see no change except the Giants don't make the playoffs. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, Eagles are probably going to win. 12 games at least unless they have a uh, Super Bowl loser slump which could happen never know um but yeah then I got Cowboys Giants uh Commanders I just I don't see the Commanders taking any steps forward this season and if anything they take a few back I mean the only thing they've proven to me is that they were finally tired of shitty ownership but <laughs> Took them long enough, right? Um, yeah, so those are just kind of the divisions that we've already covered. Because um, just kind of looking ahead to our schedule, uh, we're going to have the NFC West next week, um, and then after that, we'll start with the AFC East, and then AFC North, AFC South, and then AFC West, and that brings us right before Chris's wedding. Uh, nice. Yep. Kind of tap it up, wrap it up in a nice little bow. The 26th is a week where you won't be available. And then the second is a week before my wedding. So we can try and crank out an episode, which will have to be our pretty much our prediction episode that week before the season starts on the 7th. Yeah. So football is rapidly approaching. Uh, but for now, we are going to send you into our interview with Max going over the Carolina Panthers. Yes, we are.